Sponsor CBT Nuggets is IT training for IT professionals and anyone looking to build IT skills. If you want to make fully operational your networking, cloud, security, automation, or DevOps battle station, visit cbtnuggets.com slash cloud. That's cbtnuggets.com slash cloud. Welcome to Day 2 Cloud, and today we are talking about cloud centers of excellence. What does that mean? Is that just like we get together and bring donuts and talk about cloud, and but we do it in an excellent way? Well, there's more to the story than that, isn't there, Ned? Yeah, it's not exactly Bill and Ted's bogus cloud center of excellence. It's, <laughs> there's a lot more to it. When it comes to what it actually is and how it moves an organization forward, we got some really amazing insight from uh, from our guest, Fred, whose last name I'm not going to attempt because it's very French Canadian and I don't want to offend. <laughs> he gives us uh, some great insight on what the Cloud Center of Excellence actually does and where it's a good fit in an organization. Fred's the Principal Research Director, Service Provider Sector at Infotech Research Group, and he knows this topic deeply. Please enjoy this podcast with Fred Chenault. Fred, welcome to Day Two Cloud. Hey, uh, you haven't been on Day Two Cloud before. You've been on Packet Pushers before, somewhere in there in, in, in the past, but uh, not Day Two Cloud. So tell the nice people who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ethan. I'm uh, I'm Fred Chagnol. I'm a principal research director for Infotech Research Group, and I focus research and advisory in data center infrastructure and in cloud, and also in kind of you know outsourcing to managed service providers been an area of focus of mine. Glad I did not attempt to pronounce your last name because I would have embarrassed myself. That sounded very French. Chagnon. And I was going, <laughs> French Chagnon. No, nope, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> terrible, man. Well, welcome to the show. We are glad you are here. And, and the thing we wanted to get into today, Fred, was cloud centers of excellence because that is an area of research that you have been involved with that uh, Ned and I heard that are like, ooh, that's an interesting topic, uh, Cloud Center of Excellence. You mean it's not just the IT people uh, finding out what you can get in AWS and swiping a credit card, that you can actually plan for this and that sort of thing? Okay. So, so start us off at the beginning, Fred. What is a Cloud Center of Excellence? Well, a Cloud Center of Excellence is a brilliant marketing term for a committee. Um, it, and, and I, and that's how I sort of came about it. When I, when I first came about the, the concept of a cloud center of excellence, before we called it that I was working with a state government and the state government had departments that had, uh, their own IT functions, department of justice, department of transportation, department of child safety. They all had their own little IT uh, functions. And we were there, they brought, uh, you know, our organization in to help them build a cloud strategy. And here they were, they didn't know anybody, nobody knew anybody, but they were all making very similar decisions. Uh, what they agreed to at the end of this whole thing was that they needed to form a committee. I then took this, uh, this idea to a municipal IT conference. And I did a talk on what I called cloud by committee. And, and we talked about all the best practices for centralizing uh, cloud decision-making in a decentralized environment. I learned uh, in, in the municipal sector, they don't like the word committee. Um, <laughs> you know, the last thing that a government uh, organization wants to hear is that there's another committee that they need to be a part of. Uh, 
you know, it was, you know, a few years later that I started to see the term cloud center of excellence come about and it was describing very, just, just that, a, a central body of an otherwise decentralized uh, IT functions coming together to make collective cloud decisions. Uh, but they weren't using the term committee. Uh, so it operates like a committee, but we don't call it that. Well, committee has because kind of a negative connotation, right, Ned? I mean, I think of a committee and it's like, who's bringing the donuts for the committee meeting this month? <laughs> yeah, and you also think of like death by committee for a lot of projects is, yeah, as soon as we, we lob this up to the committee level, it, it's dead in the water because everybody's going to have an opinion and an agenda. And how do you get anything done? Uh, so yes, guess, but, but center of excellence. Now, there's something I want to be a part of. Yes, I want to be excellent in the center as well. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is this what's what's the reason for being for a cloud center of excellence what should they actually be trying to determine between the donuts and the coffee well after we've decided on the flavor of donuts and the particular brand of coffee uh, we need to discuss and agree upon the the strategy of of the cloud um how we're how the organization is going to use the cloud um you know i've heard the term developing a uh a common framework or, or or a common set of controls for how cloud is is consumed, how it's how it's procured, um, and establish some best practices. And those best practices are are you know, essentially centralized from you know the 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 good stories, the successes of the organizations that are represented at the or represented at the committee. We do that. We we also then um, drive adoption throughout the organization by taking those best practices and socializing them, communicating them, advocating for you know what's been uh, discussed and agreed upon, and for what reason, so we can get buy-in and uh, and drive that adoption back through the organization. How technical are we talking here? Are we talking like specific guidance on which public cloud to use and what services within, or more general? It, it can be specific to which public cloud, but um, in my experience, what I've seen is we like these public clouds because of for these reasons, right? The the cloud center of excellence isn't meant to be very um, directive and uh, and dictatorial. It is. It's more about establishing guiding principles. So so it's more it's more likely to see a center of excellence come and say, well, we like. Uh, Azure and AWS because uh, because they're FedRAMP compliant or because they're HIPAA compliant and we've we've evaluated those controls and we like them. Uh, it's it's a lot rarer to see um, uh, you know a center of excellence come in and say well, we like AWS because uh, you know they're they're cheaper and 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 to have a reason and and have that not apply to another very comparable service provider. So it's about establishing best practices, explaining why, and and really about pushing the decision back to the business unit or the organizational unit that is trying to make the decision. The center of excellence is not trying to decide on behalf of the business unit. They're providing the parameters for that unit to make their own decision. Okay. And I think it sounds like this works best in more of a decentralized environment, kind of like you were talking about where it's part of a, a government body that has all these different departments that have their own IT groups, but you'd like to have some sort of general, here's the, the way you should go about doing things, but I can't make you do it that way by fiat. So we have to have some sort of committee and an understanding. These are the best practices. That's right. Is that the, so would 
every organization benefit from a CCOE? Or is this the sort of thing that really only works in that decentralized environment where you can't rule by fiat from on high? Yeah, if you, if you look at a very small company, their, their cloud decisions, their best practices might be centralized to a single individual, right? Mm. Fred makes all the cloud <laughs> decisions. He is therefore the center of excellence uh, and the universe. Uh, a slightly larger organization has a central IT department that, that does make all these decisions, builds these best practices, so they're doing all the same things that a center of excellence does. They don't have to call it that. They might call it an IT steering committee meeting. It might already be organically in the lifeblood of other decisions that get made at that organization. When all the decisions that are about technology are already centralized, we don't need to have a, 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 a function like this. The, the purpose of the cloud center of excellence, um, it, it grows out of that that decentralized IT, where we're creating a cross-functional body of people that represent all of those decentralized functions. That's why we do see a lot of it in uh, state and local government, where uh, IT units are embedded within specific business units. So any any organization that has that mold, where where IT is an embedded function within uh, different business units, I, I know of a of a telecom provider that has. Um, uh, you know, an IT function for their for their wireless as well as for their uh, for their cable and, and wireline operations, like separate IT departments. They're all making the same decisions. They're all working with the same technologies. That's the kind of organization that benefits from sharing uh, those best practices and collectively deciding on how the organization is going to operate. Because at the end of the day, that organization is marching to the same goal, right? They all want to be rowing in the same direction. So, so we want to collect all of that experience into, into one place so that they can make a collective decisions. It feels like it's not quite consulting. It's not quite policymaking. It's just more broad and general guidance, maybe, maybe pooling of knowledge. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it. I've also heard the, the comparison. One of my colleagues um, intelligently compared it to like a city council, uh, a city council can can tell you this is how we need to behave as a city. This is how things need to operate, but they don't go as far as enforcing until they get bylaw enforcement officers. Well, in a in a in that's where this metaphor kind of dies. We don't we don't assume in in a, in in a city. We know we need bylaw enforcement officers because we know that there's people who are not going to abide by our guidance. In an organization, we don't assume that our employees are trying to go against the collective will of, you know, what the organization is trying to do. So we don't we don't need to enforce. We don't need to police. Uh, rather, the approach we want to do is we want to set the guidelines and then and then the representative the representatives at this cloud center of excellence should go and champion those within the organizations that they're representing. Okay, so if I'm trying to describe what the the CCOE's goals are, uh, I want to help the organization make decisions. It sounds like that's that's the over overarching principle. That's right. Yeah? More quickly, right? Yeah. I want I want to I want to help them make decisions, but I but I want to help them make decisions that are influenced by the decisions of the past. Ethan has already gone through this challenge. He's already vetted these vendors. He's already done this. So now when Ned comes along with a very similar problem, we benefit by the, the trails that Ethan has blazed. Hmm. 
Mm -hmm. We say, Ned, we've already been down this road. This is what happened last time that may be pertinent to you. Um, You know, if that helps you get close to your decision, great. If that doesn't, hey, now let's discuss that. How is your your situation unique? Do we need to amend our um, our already established recommendations? Well, it's interesting when you put it that way, Fred, because on the one hand, it all, it sounds a little vague. Like, I'm not sure what this group is really supposed to be doing. But then you put it that way. It's like, right, it's knowledge sharing. It's not an enforcement body where it's like, oh, if I get tied up with that CCOE thing, they're going to saddle me with a bunch of documentation and processes to follow. And it's going to be miserable. It doesn't sound like that at all. So no, it's not rules and regulations, but it is helping everybody within the organization um, instead of rowing that individual rowboat, kind of get on board the the same ship and, and benefit from each other's uh, knowledge. That's right. I, I don't see a CCOE as a, as a, a gating approval uh, checkbox in a, in a workflow to get something through to production. Mm. Um, I see it only playing that role when something is brand new, when something is happening we've never done before. Right. Um, this is the first time that we've uh, had to deploy services that are that are that that hold data in multiple uh, national and multiple countries. We've never done this before, so we don't have uh, a posture on this. This needs to go to the center of excellence so we can have a discussion about how we as an organization want to treat, you know, that sort of uh, uh, situation. When it's not an exception or when it's not something we haven't done before, then I don't think that the cloud center of excellence needs to necessarily see it because the mm. decisions have already been made and the the people within the business units are already already have the guidance they need to help them get closer to that decision. But that's distinct from some of the large organizations I've been in where we have an agreement with this vendor. That's the only vendor you can buy from, even if something else made sense, which was always difficult to live with. This This is a different thing. I, I, yeah, I think that's a different thing that, uh, you know, that uh, what, what you're describing sounds more like a, a vendor of record or, you know, yeah. we have an established. So so it's 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 similar in the sense that both are trying to um, reduce the the time that it takes to re- to to get to production. Right. In that in the case of a vendor of record, it's more about we've already vetted these three vendors so that we don't have to go to, you know, RFP yes, to, right. to figure out mm-hmm. how to how to, you know, solve a problem. Right. Uh, but in case of, of cloud center of excellence, I think we're dealing with higher level uh, decisions that are that are a bit more strategic than they are tactical. When when you're composing the people who are going to participate in the center of excellence, it sounds like and correct me if I'm wrong, but it sounds like you really need to get buy in from every group who is going to be using the knowledge gathered from this That's- center of excellence. So whatever business units that are out there or whatever departments they all need someone on this center so they feel like they've bought into what it's doing. Yeah, they need they need representation. I think there's there's sort of two layers. We we started to see these come organically when we were helping organizations build their cloud strategy. So again, small organizations developing a cloud strategy can do it very centrally within IT. You go to a larger organization and that's where you need to pull resources from different areas who want to have input onto the cloud strategy. When we came away from these engagements, you know, sort of like, you know, we've, we've had all these discussions, we've, we've got, you know, these parts of the strategy are well-developed, these ones have some gaps. Uh, what we found was that team that we brought together to feed into that strategy, we're going to have to continue to communicate with one another to continue to feed into that strategy because it's very much a living document. 
what we were creating at the time was a cloud center of excellence, essentially. So hmm. if I look at who was at the table there, um, especially when it's larger and, and multifunctional, we want the IT decision makers from those disparate business units, somebody who's accountable for uh for the, the decision and the direction of the specific uh, business unit they represent, somebody who can champion um, the, you know, what comes away from those, uh, those, those meetings mm -hmm. back within their, their unit. Um, so, so they are accountable for the, the decisions that are made and they're, you know, and they buy into those. There's also a layer of um, subject matter expertise that needs to be there to inform the uh, the decision makers and those are you know the the architects the engineers the practitioners the technicians throughout the organization you know I don't think they need to show up at sort of every cloud center of excellence meeting if it's a, a recurring thing but when there's something to be discussed and we need to draw upon the uh, the subject matter expertise within the organization to help inform um, then you know we want to have a, a layer of of subject matter expertise to bring to the table as well too, so that we can make the right decisions and we can share the uh, the knowledge that we have. Right. So you you have you might have your Azure SME or even maybe like something more specific, your Azure networking SME that you when you're discussing network things, you want her at the table that's giving right. guidance specifically around networking, and then maybe cloud storage. That's a whole other person. And they're only going to be there when you're discussing something that has to do with designing an architecture that involves cloud storage. Yeah, that's right. When I think back to that state government example, it was, you know, the 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 representative there from the Department of Transportation. I remember standing up and just saying, well, let me show you what I've done creating a, a clustered set of RDS. Like once we got our databases into Amazon and we got them out of virtual machines and into RDS, here's what we were able to do. And so there, mm. and there was a whole bunch of people there going like, maybe they weren't in Amazon, maybe they were in Azure. But the whole concept of a cloud native database was like, oh, wow, like he's so further along than we are. Uh, and and, uh, you know, why why should they, you know, go their separate ways after that that strategy meeting we were we were there having uh, mm -hmm. and never talk to each other again. Right. They're all trying to do the same thing. Right. Right. I, another really important thing I think you mentioned was that those IT directors that are there, the stakeholders, they have to go be champions in their departments for what the Cloud Center of Excellence is doing. Uh, can you expand on what you mean by them being a champion for the, for the cause? Well, they, they are being at the, the Cloud Center of Excellence, they get to see and hear all the decisions that are made. They're participating in them. <clears throat> so, when, so when they go back and, and, and things are happening local to the business unit, they're there to, to first of all say, okay, so we've seen this before already, and this is our posture collectively on how we deal with this situation now and 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 they need to represent that and that's where they're champions right they're like you know i've seen this happen and we agreed it was going to be done like this and that's the position that they're going to represent and if that doesn't fit if they're getting challenged by their subject matter expertise about whether or not that's you know going to work for the the given you know sap implementation that is specific to what they're doing that's when it's their job to say, you know what, you're right. Um, that situation that I'm representing from the center of excellence may not apply here, or there may be some exceptions. So now we need to take that to the center of excellence. And now I want to, I want to bring this to the table and I want to say, Hey, we decided on a, on a stance on how we were going to do uh, these types of implementations. And it's not fitting here. I want to know if we need to treat this as an exception or if indeed we need to amend our posture to you know, encompass situations like this, right? Are we dealing with an exception or are we dealing with something that's like a new normal? Hmm. 
But again, that's oriented from a member of the group, not the group dictating you know, what, right. that, what that human, what that other team within the organization might want to do. So does- That's right. So the member of the group, the first thing they do is they represent the, the, the position of the center of excellence uh, so that, you know, every, as much as possible, the business units can guide themselves by those principles. And that's how we avoid the, the center of excellence becoming a, a, you know, a, a link in the chain that always has to approve everything. That's, that's, you know, we want to empower those, those directors with the ability to, you know, bring the knowledge down and, um, and socialize it within their own communities. But does the cloud center of excellence produce something concrete like a report or a set of guidelines or something something that's been formalized yeah I, i've heard it been called a well so there's a cloud strategy uh that's how, that's often how it starts but sometimes that's a little too high level so then we we decompose that into uh i like to call it a, a, a common set of controls or, or a, a framework of controls um, which is more tactical sort of like you know how do, how are we you know when it comes to uh data classification here's how we here's how we deal with the classification and tagging of data uh something that is specific about that so so that that's an artifact that is uh that is owned and controlled by the center of excellence we pause the episode for a bit of training talk training with cbt nuggets if you're a day two cloud listener you are you're listening to it right now then you're probably the sort of person who likes to keep up your skills as am i now here's the thing about cloud as i've dug into it over the last few years it's the same as on-prem but different the networking is the same but different due to all these operational constraints you don't expect. And just when you have your favorite way to set up your cloud environment, the cloud provider changes things or offers a new service that makes you rethink what you've already built. So how do you keep up with this? Training. And this is an ad for a training company. So what did you think I was going to say? Obviously training. And not just because sponsor CBT Nuggets wants your business, but also because training is how I've kept up with emerging technology over the decades. I believe in the power of smart instructors telling me all about the new tech so that I can walk into a conference room as a consultant or a project lead and confidently position a technology to business stakeholders and financial decision makers. So you want to be smarter about cloud? CBT Nuggets has a lot of offerings for you from absolute beginner material to courses covering AWS, Azure, and Google Cloud skills. Let's say you want to go narrow on a specific topic. Okay, well, there's a two-hour course on Azure security. Maybe you want to go big, wide, alrighty. There's a 42-hour AWS certified SysOps administrator course and lots more cloud training offerings in the CBT Nuggets catalog. I gave you just a couple of examples to whet your appetite. In fact, CBT Nuggets is adding 40 hours of new content every week and they help you master your studies with available virtual labs and accountability coaching. Interested? Of course you are, so satisfy your curious mind by visiting cbtnuggets.com slash cloud and figure out if CBT Nuggets will work for your training with their seven days free trial. Just go do it. cbtnuggets.com slash cloud for seven days free. That's cbtnuggets.com slash cloud. And now back to the podcast I so rudely interrupted. All right, Fred, I think we got a good idea of what a CCOE is, what it does, the role it plays in the way that you've observed it across several different organizations. So let's flip this on its head. What's the risk if I do not have a cloud center of excellence? That's a, that's a good question. I, I think the, the way I'll approach that is 
how I see centers of excellence, or at least the, the idea of them come to be, they occur in organizations where we realize that several pieces of the organization are making use of cloud and they're doing it all in either very different and incongruent ways, or they're doing it all the same way. And they just had no idea. So, so that means that there are two risks. You're either doing things differently and therefore have no central posture or, or really kind of like guidance on how you're operating. Uh, and, and, you know, that's bad or everybody's in alignment, but nobody actually knows they're in alignment. And then what we have is a whole bunch of people doing the same thing and they're not winning from each other's successes. So we've actually wasted a lot of time. So I think that the risks are twofold. Number one, you're either not doing things the same way or number two, you're, you're basically wasting time where you could have been learning from your peers. You mean duplicating effort, duplicating effort. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you remind me, you, you mentioned government. I used to work in state government once upon a time, and there was an effort in the state government I was working with to centralize the IT because of that. There was so much duplicated effort. A lot of it was in standards, design, how we build out at that time, it would have been like a Windows 2000 server infrastructure, what that's supposed to look like. Um, there were needs for cross-departmental communication where sometimes the systems needed to interface with one another, but because there wasn't, hadn't been up to that point, any centralized IT. It might as well have been people from different planets trying to get their systems to talk to one another. And so yeah. we, there was a lot of synergies just lost and wasted without that centralized thinking and coordination that went on. Now, in, in our case, it was quite, it became quite rigid and formal. And maybe we became that uh, approval bump in in the uh, the workflow that annoyed a lot of people because we did get quite rigid and formal. And you're saying that's not what we're talking about with the CCOE, but uh, but still, yeah, I think I think that's there. a really good comparison. Though, when you centralize an entire IT function, you're actually creating a, a shared services organization within your yes. your department, and that yep, has very much. that has certainly uh, its own challenges. That's a that's a that's a huge shift. Um, all we're centralizing here are the strategic uh, decision-making guiding principles about using cloud, right? That's, that's sort of the, the, the top layer of what would be that shared services thing. That then allows each individual business unit to retain the, the control about not what they're doing, but how specifically they're going to do it. So they can remain still very tactical and close to their, their businesses. Because what happens in that shared services model is IT becomes very much separate from the, the business unit. They do things a certain way. And then you have, you know, kind of like these champions within the business unit who, who end up becoming their own little cottage IT uh, people who are trying to bridge the gap between out of touch central IT and the, the business unit who's actually trying to get things done. So, yeah. so I think the center of excellence is a good way to say the business unit can still operate the way they need to operate. We're just here to, to tell you how it's been done in other places uh, because we're all on the same mission. Actually, the centralized IT group I, I was uh, dealing with, we had liaisons that accomplished that, that, uh, bridging the gap function you were just describing, but it was also formalized in a different way. Budgets. That is certain departments had the money. The centralized IT had no money. We were zero funded. So that kind of both brought us in and took us out of the equation all at the same time. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good question about the center of excellence, right? Is it, is it funded? Um, and I don't, I don't think it works if it is. Um, they're, they're not there to make 
purchasing decisions. They're there to guide decisions so that the business units can make purchasing decisions. Well, where do you? What's the line item for the donuts if there's no budget? Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a it's a BYOD policy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it better not be BYOC or I'm out. I just you got to provide me something at least. I don't know. Uh, I never trust free coffee. <laughs> fair enough. Um, so one thing that, uh, and follow me along in this little thought exercise here, when we think about traditional on-prem IT, we didn't build a, uh, storage center of excellence or a data center center of excellence, at least not, not that I'm aware of. What is it that's unique about the cloud that it makes it necessary to have a center of excellence when we didn't have one for these other IT functions before. Yeah, that's and that's that's a that's a great question. So I, I have spent some time thinking about that. So here's where I think it's different, right? I, and I use the term I, I once I used the term we didn't have a virtualization center of excellence, right? right. Nobody decided how we were going to do virtualization. That was like that was the sysadmins, or you know, at most it was the CIO. But we have a cloud center of excellence because because cloud is more is less of an IT decision and more of a business decision. When we're talking about cloud, we're talking about a shared responsibility. We're we're taking stuff out of our own control and we're giving some of that control to others. That's not an IT decision. It's not strictly an IT decision. That that is a decision that has to involve um, higher level, you know, business bought in. Uh, that sort of, you know, level of, uh, of, uh, control. So, so I think that's what makes cloud unique in the sense that, uh, that we need to have continual, uh, oversight. It, it's because, you know, at some, at some level we're giving control away. We, you know, cloud is marketed as something that's really easy to adopt. Um, but it's like, it, it'd be like reading, a, a an ad for a daycare that says it's really easy to give your kid over to us, right? Yeah, it is. It's great until, you know, my kid has special needs and, and here's all the parameters that I need to make sure that I need to make sure that it's a peanut free zone. I need to make sure that it's, you know, I have requirements. So, um, that's how we feel about giving our, uh, our data, um, our, our systems, our intellectual property over to other organizations to run. It's the, okay, so yeah. Yeah, that it's that change in control that is driving this. And it, Ned, that just made me think of like data governments, governance and regulatory compliance both pop up immediately where there is a business impact if you do it wrong and it's just plausible to do it wrong moving to cloud by just not thinking about those things that effectively. And it's, that's not a decision that, that, uh, that the business can just leave to IT, right? The business hmm. has to be involved in, in understanding if I go to cloud, where's my data going to go? Is it allowed to be there? Um, and, you know, does it, you know, am I still able to, is it still available in the same way? Uh, you know, does it affect the, my time to recover? How does that affect my business continuity plan? So, so those mm. are, those are business level decisions that are not strictly, you know, decided in a, in an IT vacuum. It does feel like there's a scope issue there though, uh, too, because when we talk about cloud as a technology set, it is massive and continues to grow. And having guidance about best practices and how to do something is awfully helpful. Whereas like uh, Ned, you mentioned, I think storage before we didn't have a, 
a storage center of excellence. Well, as wide as storage is topically, it's still way more narrow and way more mm-hmm. finely scoped uh, mm-hmm. than than cloud. Yeah, and I think the velocity of change in storage. I mean, you know, maybe in the last ten years, it's been uh, you know there's been a lot of change, but but the velocity of change in in cloud in the last ten years has been astronomical. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not really comparable. And, it's like, oh, you have NVMe now. Look at you. You did yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I think that that's a, that, that brings a, another sort of purpose behind the Cloud Center of Excellence is not only to evaluate um, these things as they come to the table, but to also review their own posture periodically mm. to make sure that they're still aligned to what's going on out there. What changes have happened in, uh, you know, out in the, in the market that might affect their posture? Right, Something like up, uh... GDPR. GDPR is a good example, right? Um, GDPR comes down May 25th, 2018, and, and anybody who's sort of operating in a cloud center of excellence mode has to now sit and discuss, what does this mean for us? Is, do we have any data in the EU? Do we have any EU data in, in, in our own systems? Um, and, and now how do we have to treat it? So, so, you know, those are the types of discussions that I see happening at these periodic meetings. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I was focusing more on the constant churn of cloud services and all the new things that are introduced there that, you know, uh, ten, you know, five years ago, AWS didn't really have machine learning, but now it has all this machine learning stuff. Right, you have yeah. to figure out how you adopt that thing. Uh, and that's just, you know, continues to be the case. But it's not just what the cloud introduces. It's these other governing bodies that impose new compliance and regulations that you have to stay in line with. So there's a lot there. It kind of sent like initially when I thought of Cloud Center of Excellence, I thought, okay, we we put this team together. They're they're a crack team of commandos who are going to go in and they're going to get cloud deployed and it's going to be successful. Everyone's happy and then they disband. Poof, they're gone in the night. <laughs> this it doesn't yeah. sound like that's the case. This is there a, a point at which you spin down the center of excellence, or is it just going to be consistently there as cloud evolves? So I've I've seen a lot of centers of excellence spin down, but it's it hasn't been for. It's usually because they lose steam, and if I if I really poke, poke at it, it's it's because um, you know they they did all the right things at the beginning, right? So they they established themselves, they they got their strategy figured out, um, they they set some guiding principles, they drove adoption through the organization, and then it kind of fizzles out. Because when we talk about this with organizations, it's like, oh, yeah, no, we had something like that. Like, what happened to that? Well, then our SAP implementation was done. Right? And that's when it's like, oh, OK, so it was really narrowly focused on like specifically that one thing. And it lacked the 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 the, the broader context. Well, um, it, so if there's if there's a top down directive to achieve some specific goal with cloud and you get that done and the C-suite's not bothering you anymore, then it kind of feels like you, you're done. In, you're in, done. In some sense. Yeah. yeah. And then they go off into the night, as as Ned said. <laughs> right. So, but if the if the vision is established that you know we're 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 here to stay, there there is a lot of upfront work. There's a lot of upfront discussions about building those that common set of controls, building the the strategy, establishing the the common posture, having those really good healthy debates, uh, gathering the knowledge. That's a there's a lot of upfront work there. But after that, um, you know, things can get to a point where it's like you know, why are we meeting? And if, if it gets to that point, I mean, it's not done. It's, you know, the things that, that I see influencing the agenda of a center of excellence are, you know, new deployments or new strategic initiatives, new initiatives 
that um, that there's no guiding principle on. That should be on the agenda. Mm. Right. So again, much like a committee, the things that have formed the committee happen throughout the time between committee meetings and, and, and feed the agenda. And then you get to the meeting and you're like, what are we discussing? What's the new business? Um, so, so the new, the things that should feed, uh, the, the ongoing meetings, once, once all that upfront work is done, are, are those strategic initiative changes, external changes in the market. Somebody noticed that AWS now supports, you know, you know, something like Lambda and wants to discuss, you know, is there an opportunity there for us to shift our mind on how we feel about serverless computing? Um, you know, we want to maybe bring in a solution architect to at least to explain it to us so that, that we understand. So I think there, there's there's a there's an opportunity to keep it alive. Um, one of the big challenges, though, to, to keep the center of excellence going is um, reminding the representatives, you know, that are there why they are there. They have to feel like this is part of something that there's a purpose. Otherwise, again, it just it's another committee meeting, and I'm just I'm not going to go. Mm. And that has been brought up as a challenge in organizations that we've talked to that. That where they're like, we, we need to make sure that that this this forum that we're creating uh, is 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 well respected, well regarded and isn't just like another thing people feel like is on their plate that, you know, it's not part of their yearly performance assessment. Nobody's evaluating how good they are at it. Um, you know, they actually have a job to do it when the meeting's over that, you know, so if it, if it feels like it's interfering with that, it's not going to succeed. Right. So it has to, it has to, you know, the, you know, the representatives there have to know that they're being, they're, they're part of a collective decision process that is useful to the organization. So Fred, we've talked about the members of the center of excellence tending to talk about technical things. But there's also a big business driver here to have the CCOE. So who is actually sitting on the the center of excellence? Is it the IT nerds and and those kind of folks that are thinking about this stuff, or is it business people too? It is IT. Um, it, it is it is technology. So the uh, but the business folks have a role. Um, I see the business folks there uh, as as periodic guests when there's a an idea that they need to you know the, that they need to participate in. If it's the first time that uh, that a particular business unit is getting SaaS and then we don't have a pre-established vendor for that kind of SaaS and we've never seen it done in a way that you know stores data over here in this part of the world or, or whatever, then I, then that particular business person has a vested interest in, in, in seeing how that's handled and, and because they're the shepherd of that uh, particular solution. But the, the overall uh, cloud center of excellence is made up of it decision makers. That's, that's how I would describe them. So that could be, you know, like uh, the, you know, the collective C-suites, the directors of technology at various business units, whatever they're called, it's, it's the, the it decision makers. It's not the owner of an application who's maybe a business stakeholder, because they don't need to know or care, especially where what platform their application is riding on. It's the people that That's are right. delivering that app and want to have that structure around how they do it. That's right. The application owner is there to make sure that how that's uh, being decided will still actually do what they need the application to do. Right? They don't care that 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 mm-hmm. I'm putting it on uh, on OpenStack. They don't, you know, or or that I, you know, that or that, it, you know, like it's OpenStack hosted in Racks. They don't care about that, but they do care about me saying that. And I say, and that brings these constraints. And now they're like, ah, uh, 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 that's a constraint I can't live with. And and so now I got to mm. go back to the drawing board. So 
so it you know it in that sense it's um it it acts as a an architecture review board but the application owner um they're they're simply there to represent the interests of their application in in that particular moment now let's say that you know i'm part of the it group the closest thing that is a central it group and i want to get a cloud center of excellence started who do i have to get buy-in from up above, I mean, maybe not funding, you know, because, you know, I'm bringing my own donuts, but who is going to champion this in the upper levels to make sure it actually gets created and socialize it to all the other groups that are in the larger organization? Yeah, that's uh, that's that's certainly a great question. I had somebody ask me that once where, where he said, OK, so I've recognized, Fred, what you said about like if you're making um the same decisions as one of your peers off in another business unit, and you probably need one of these things. So now who do we go to? Um, it takes a, 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 you know, one of those leaders who has the ability to rally people um, to, to really mm. plant the seed for this. So, you know, in a, in a state government, there is usually a business unit that is, that is focused on technology. So, so we do see that unit as, as you know, the leader of that unit is typically the one who's like, okay, well, I mean, I'm not gonna own all the cloud decisions, but what I do have to own is I have to become the sponsor of this thing. And so it's gotta be me who goes out to all these business units and says, hey, um, we need to come together as, as an entity so that we can make collective decisions about how we're doing these things. I'm going to chair it. I'm going to get it going, but I really want your participation. So it, it, it needs to be a leader there who's willing to, to go to the rest of the business units and, and champion the cause for why they need to bring everyone together. That, that the risk of doing, of not doing that is that decisions are going to be made in one place and that's not good for the organization. So, so really what they're saying is, look, I don't want to make all the decisions. I want you to be part of these, this decision or, or delegate. Uh, that's that's mm-hmm. how we see these things uh, come to bear. It's um, you know in our case as a as a team coming in to to help write a cloud strategy, it is usually the person who's who's been tasked with like you need to own the cloud strategy, and so they're the ones who're like, well, okay, well if I need to own the cloud strategy, that's fine, but I can't write it by myself, and it's not for my team to do it. So I need to you know with uh, with our help and guidance on who should be there, go and pull all the requisite resources together to form that team that becomes essentially the the, the genesis of the center of excellence. Getting some uh, commemorative mugs made might actually help as well. Just make sure everybody gets their CCOE mug and and they'll feel like they're part of something bigger. Yeah, Yeah. or badges. They still have to bring their donuts, but you know, you need something to put the coffee. Oh, we don't need no stinking badges. (laughs) So, (laughs) sorry. (laughs) It was right there. Um, The last thing I was curious about is we focused very much on internal resources, who needs to come in from different business units, who needs to be members of this org, but lessons get learned outside of the organization. And it would be really nice to leverage those lessons as well. So you're not repeating the work that other people have already done, uh, even if they're not inside your organization. So do you invite other similar organizations in? Do you invite vendors in to present to the CCOE? How do you bring in outside people to to talk to the group? Yeah, I've seen that. That's certainly they they fall into that layer of subject matter expertise that I'd I'd want to see present. So they're again, they're not they don't have a they don't sit on the the CCO. I wouldn't want to see you know an AWS uh, or Azure or Google Compute <laughs> or Cloud Solution Architect with a permanent seat on a state government's uh, or or you know county government's uh, Cloud Center of Excellence committee. Um, I think that creates a conflict. However. 
uh, bringing them in as uh, as subject matter experts uh, to talk about a you know a, a case study, a similar case study. Uh, to share some best practices that way, to talk about a new technology, you know, how are we using machine learning? What's a good, what's a good use case for it in, in this specific industry? Um, you know, those, those are, those are, you know, we've seen analysts um, get invited. Um, So, so yeah, there's absolutely a place for external uh, contribution and input as a way to, to help inform the, the, the best practices that are the artifact of the center of excellence. I think you just, you hit the separation perfectly. No, not a permanent seat on the board, conflict of interest, et cetera. That, that seems plain, but at the same time, Bob from thus and such a consultancy here in the city is going to give us a presentation on this. That's something that, uh, that we're interested in and then take it away, Bob, you know, as a one day guest, that sounds perfectly appropriate. And even a, even a recurring guest, you know, but not like a, not like an every meeting guest. Right. right? Because that starts, that starts, that chair starts to get a little comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Fred, this has been a very interesting conversation on CCOEs. Give us some takeaways, some highlights that uh, we should walk away from this podcast conversation with. Well, I think it's important to remember that that CCOE is a is a a thing that it happens at a certain unit of scale. Um, that um, that not every organization needs what would be called a cloud center of excellence. But everything we've talked about, um, you know, bringing knowledge to one place, sharing best practices, bringing in influence from the outside, all of those things still need to happen. It just might not happen in a forum that would be described as a cloud center of excellence. It might happen uh, in a steering committee. It might happen in a team meeting. Uh, it might happen in your head if it's just you there. And that's okay. Uh, it's as long as all of those things are happening, I think that, you know, the, the right decisions are getting made. Uh, so that's that's one thing to remember is like not everyone needs it. Um, I think the other the other takeaway is that you know that you need a cloud center of excellence. If you're in an organization where you have peers that you're interfacing with, maybe at lunch, you know, maybe at, uh, you know, hockey after work or whatever it is, and they're doing the same things you're doing, but you're not talking about those things at work, right? So if, if, if Ethan, you and I are, are, are shooting ball after, um, after work and you're telling me about, uh, you know, the implementation of the RDS database and gee, it would have been really nice if, uh, if, if, you know, you had somebody and, and I say, well, I did that last year. <laughs> I already went through all those things. I already had a partner help me with all of those things. It would be nice if that partner could have helped you, Ethan, if you're having those kind of discussions because your organization is that big and, and, and you work in those opposite corners, that's a signal that, uh, that there's, there's room for something centralized where where these sorts of best practices are shared yeah exactly okay thank you for that fred and for those closing thoughts how do people follow you on the internet fred well i am uh, i am on twitter i'm uh, at fred chagnon and that's fred c-h-a-g-n-o-n and uh, i'm on linkedin and mm-hmm. i do respond to those messages and uh yeah that's uh that's about as uh, as internet uh, exposed as uh, as i am at the moment and that is enough that is enough <laughs> twitter and linkedin that's that's all people need to know to find you that is lovely and thanks for your time today much much appreciated uh, all for right, those well, of you listening back i appreciate it for those of you listening fred had to reschedule with us cuz as soon as he scheduled he got slapped with a big project that he's like ah oh, can we try this a different time so i mean fred's a busy guy and made time to record with us today so th- thanks again fred and uh, thanks to you for listening virtual high fives cuz that's how awesome you are 
If you enjoyed this show, if you have suggestions for future shows, we would love to hear them. Hit Ned and I up on Twitter at Day2CloudShow. We monitor that account. Send us your suggestions, and we'll see if we can get a show put together for you. If you're not a Twitter person, fine. Go to Ned's fancy website, nedmccloud.com. He's got a form there. Fill it out. Send your suggestions into him, and we'll see if we can get it done. If you'd like more from the Packet Pushers, well, hey, there is a weekly newsletter, the Human Infrastructure Magazine. Human Infrastructure Magazine is loaded with the very best stuff that we found on the internet, plus our own feature articles and commentary. It is free. Doesn't suck. I promise. I contribute to it every week. It, it really doesn't suck. We work hard on it. Get the next issue via packetpushers.net slash newsletter. And until then, just remember, cloud is what happens while IT is making other plans. <laughs> <laughs>